They gave me a test to make me the best that I could be. They knew all along that there was something wrong with me. Welcome to Quadcast. I'm Grant Bruner. With me today, I have two guests. So it's much better than, than just one. First off, Rob Webster. How are you, Rob? Hello, I'm fine. How are you? Great. And we also have Tony Martel. How are you, Tony? I am doing great. Great. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about Mass Effect 2. We're going to go through, talk about some stuff about the plot, talk about all of the characters, which is really the the heart of Mass Effect 2. And we're going to talk about what Tony and and Rob, what they actually love about Mass Effect 2, what would prove about Mass Effect 2. So first off, Rob, what brought you to Mass Effect? Right, um, a friend bugging me brought me to Mass Effect, um, or I suppose you could say the price brought me to it, because um, it was just going very cheap in um, game, and a friend of mine had been constantly recommending it and constantly saying, oh, I should get into Mass Effect, it's really good, and it sort of been going, yeah, alright, alright, square, I'm sure it is, and it wasn't until I saw it for £7.50 that I thought... I'll give it a shot and instantly regretted all of my years of delaying it and thought, this is the game for me. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Now, as an American, seven, uh, £7 and 50 pence, that's like a million American dollars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, in, it's inflation. Yeah. Yes, yes, of course. And Tony, what, what brought you to the Mass Effect universe? Actually, back in 07, it was the first commercial I think they ever showed where it showed like uh, Garrison Ashley watching Shepard at the galaxy map, mm-hmm. um, trying to make the decision. And then I thought that looks really awesome because I had no clue what Garrus was. I bought the game. Mm-hmm. And within the first 20 minutes, I knew I was going to be hooked on this for life. If you, if you, if you made it to Mass Effect 2, uh, you guys must have really liked Mass Effect 1 and enough to go and buy the sequel, right? Right, Rob? Oh, it's touch and go. No, no. <laughs> we're we're going to we're going to focus uh, just on Mass Effect Two in this uh, in this episode, but in other episodes we'll talk more about uh, other installments in the Mass Effect universe. So, Rob, what class do you uh, play? You know, we have this concept of our cannon ship. This is our main playthrough that we use. Uh, this is the one that we identify with the most. And you know, we have alternate runs. This is. You know, this is our ship. So, what's what's what main class do you play? Um, well, I my main ship is the first shepherd that I played because that was sort of the shepherd that I played, and I was making the decision for the first time, and I was making them based on what I would do and right. the choices I would make and gut feeling. So, a shepherd with no sort of precognition, with no powers of premonition, mm-hmm. uh, was a sentinel. I went straight for sentinel. Mm-hmm. Thought. Have a bit of everything. Dive right into the deep end. See what's going on. Interesting. Yeah, that's uh, Sentinel is, is a at, at least it, I think it's an underappreciated class. People uh, heavily uh, lean towards at least at least kind of the, the at least the more nerdy type. Uh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I feel lean towards uh, Infiltrator, but Sentinel has a lot of really interesting uh, gameplay that I never really took advantage of until uh, Mass Effect 3 came out and uh, playing multiplayer and really giving it, uh, the other classes a go, and I really fell in love with Sentinel, and I don't feel like it gets enough love. Uh, what 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 caused you to go Sentinel, and, and are you happy that you, you picked that in your first run? Uh, yeah, it's. I think I wanted to have a go at all the special powers because it's. It was carried over from Mass Effect One, and I saw. I saw the little blue bar and the yellow bar, and thought, but it's technical. This seems interesting, and it's a choice that panned out quite well for me because I think it's a good choice for a shepherd. I think shepherds work well as sentinels because 
they're kind of the orchestrators. They can sit in the middle, take a bit of damage, deal a bit of this, deal a bit of that. Mm. They synergize quite well with any teammates. So, yeah, I'm 100%. I unwittingly picked, I think, the correct class for me yeah. by complete accident. Nice. So what, what class do you play, Tony? Um, it's generally depending upon which Shepard, but for my main one, Alex... He started off as an engineer in one, and then um, I thought yeah, I needed maybe a little bit more combat ability. So in two, I actually went more towards infiltrator. Actually, in the first Mass Effect, classes are a little bit more mm, generic. Um, they're, they're they're kind of interchangeable. There's not a huge difference in between them. Like yeah, okay, soldier, you don't really get any any of, of the of the tech or the biotic powers. But really, yeah. the, the 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 mixed classes, like you know vanguard and and infiltrator and send like they all are very very kind of generic feeling and you're just kind of spamming powers whenever possible yeah with, with, yeah it's, go ahead tony oh yeah i know it's kind of like in the first game where it's yeah you can have a weapon customization but all you really need is a pistol and assault rifle and you're good to go for the whole game yeah and and really in mass effect 2 the classes diversify and it gets really really fun when you have the ability to cloak as an infiltrator. You have the ability to charge as a vanguard. Um, or, you know what, warp bombing as an adept. I My, my main playthrough, uh, I play as an adept. And the ability to set off, you know, a combination is really, really important at, at, for an adept. And going back and playing Mass Effect 1, it's like, wow, I can't. I can't do any combos at all. Like this is not this is not a, the way I want to play Mass Effect. Once once you've had the ability to play through Mass Effect Two, going back to Mass Effect One, the the combat is really tough. It is bizarre. It's in Mass Effect One. It's the difference between an adept and a vanguard is basically a shotgun. That's the sort of boy you've got. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, there's a lot more dimensions to combat, and it's yeah, I it, think Mass Effect Two is more rewarding for repeating uh, plays. Yeah, it was kind of like when um, I play as my main female shepherd. Um, it's kind of like that nice ability to like be able to throw like a uh, like a, a like a lift or something, and then biotically rush them, mm-hmm. and then you just watch them like fly over a ledge or something, or you can blast them with your shotgun right afterwards and back up. Absolutely, and then with Mass Effect Three, the ability now that we have something, the, the uh, heavy melee that adds a whole other layer to vanguards. Oh, definitely <laughs> the classic Me Two. Um, a combination for vanguards would be you know charge melee shotgun now it's more charge nova um heavy melee then maybe then your shotgun um, yeah mix it up a bit mix it up mass effect 2 is when series itself comes into its own it starts becoming uh differentiated in gameplay it, and Ga- ob- obviously you have ammo uh, you know the thermal clips instead of instead of you know infinite fire but overheating it is refined it's the cover mechanism is actually usable it's really really important and and do you think that the combat is upgrade in mass effect 2 you think that is a a key part of of your enjoyment of the second game rob yeah yeah absolutely it's i would say that that is the one place where mass effect 2 really came in leaps and bounds it's the place where it really fought its own identity over mass effect 1 and it's it is i think the moment that the series grows the beard it's the moment where it realizes its ambitions and it gains its identity as a series and the combat yeah is almost it's i can't imagine a new mass effect game without the cooldown circle going through the middle and Absolutely. All sorts of stuff. It's it, it's key. It's key. Yeah, and what do you think, Tony? Uh definitely on that, especially with 
uh, with with the ability to actually climb over cover, mm-hmm. so you can actually like uh, move a little bit faster and everything. It was actually really nice to throw into. Oh yeah, yeah. It really is. They really refine the gameplay. They make <sighs> it really really fun to play. Uh, I, when Mass Effect Three announced when, the, when they announced that Mass Effect Three would have multiplayer. A lot of people grumbled and moaned, but really, with with the advancements that they made to the combat in Mass Effect Two, and then they also added even more refinement. Which, like for example, the the be, being able to switch around and jump from cover to cover, you know, sideways and that kind of stuff, and also the, the ability to roll. Um, it, it, the, the advancements, the combat is is worth playing. It's lots of fun. Like yes, obviously. It's Mass Effect, so the main draw is you know characters and world building and that kind of stuff, and and obviously you don't want you don't want the Reapers to win, and but the multiplayer in and of itself, which is pretty much you're on a map, go kill things. Um, it's it's fun. It's really fun, and it's received really well, and I think yeah. that shows how how far they've come uh, from the gameplay mechanics. Yeah, it's in Mass Effect One. You wouldn't have guessed. You wouldn't have thought. Oh, they're going to be. You wouldn't think it would be enough to sustain a multiplayer mode. It's no. it is as simple as it's just the combat. It's right. the combat element of the Mass Effect Three multiplayer is so well contained and so so true to itself, and it's such a well augmented system that it does sustain itself for hours upon hours upon hours. Mm-hmm. And that was born in Mass Effect Two, I would say. Yeah, no, it's just a way for them to actually experiment more with the classes. And now in Three, you know, each class. You know, each race does have their own class and their own unique special talent for it. So it actually, too, within terms of the combat, um, really did open the doors for that and making unique and diverse actual classes rather than. Um, so let's actually talk about about your your main ships. So Rob, you play you play a dude ship. Um, well, the plan was originally when I got it, I thought, all right, I'm going to make a shepherd that looks a bit like me. It's because I didn't really understand it when it came out. So this going back from Mass Effect 1. So I was looking through the male one for long haircuts and thought, this is rubbish. I'm going to be a girl. <laughs> so it, I've ended up playing a female shepherd. Oh, nice. Okay. And and, and do you play as a femme shep or a, or a dude shep, Tony? Uh, I actually have no problem playing as either one. Mm-hmm. Um, when I actually went back to restart two, I actually played through my female shepherd first, um, and she's actually after playing three, she actually I really fully flushed out her character some more, and uh, she's actually become my favorite one next to my uh, male infiltrator. My main shep is a female. And I think the reason why I enjoy it so much is because of Jennifer Hale's performance. Exactly. Yeah, it's really strong. Mark Mark Mirror's performance gets better, gets much better with two because one is not great. Personal preference, whatever, it's fine. But I think we can all agree that Jennifer Hale is a pro. She's really, really yeah. fantastic. I would, I did the male ship second, so it's. I, coming down to Mark Mirror, it was like, oh, I really liked... I, I, I didn't realize how much Jennifer Hale added to the role until I came back down and replayed as a man chap. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Mark Mirror's good. I quite like him. It's, mm-hmm. He does get better as he improves mm-hmm. throughout the series, as you say. But yeah, Jennifer Hale spoils us. Yeah, she does. I mean, I, I've been watching her since I was a little kid. If it's a video game uh, and there's a, a there's a strong female presence, it's probably Jennifer Hale's in there somewhere. So um, uh, what is, if she's not, she should be. Absolutely, Rob. Hello. What is your background and your you know your demeanor? I'm a ruthless colonist. Really, yeah. colonist? What now? I want to know what drove you to that specific 
setup. Think random chance. The oh, finger really? Fate. Just randomly. I couldn't possibly tell you. <laughs> I just, I just saw the description and thought, yeah, okay, that'll do. It's keep in mind that when I was picking these, I was, I was just thinking, I just want to play the game, please. It's, I didn't know quite what I was letting myself in for. But ruthless, I played through throughout. It's as soon as I chose ruthless, I was locked into that and I thought she's going to be a. Uh, she, she takes no prisoners. Really? So do you play mainly Renegade? I play like a sort of paragon who just can't be bothered with any of that saving people stuff. It, she's fundamentally good, but she's short fuse. Interesting. Now, now what, what's your what's your background, uh, Tony? For my male Earthborn war hero, for my female Leela, uh, she's a spacer soul survivor. Canonically, like you would think... Oh well, if if you're gonna go if you're gonna go Paragon, you're you, you like for example, I play Space Jesus. I play the, <laughs> the, these not I'm Spacer and War Hero, and I obviously you're just beloved by everybody. Oh, your self sacrifice and all that good stuff. Um, and then if you're <laughs> ruthless <laughs> and, and Earthborn it, it is generally considered to be like, well, I'm I'm a, a badass and I will destroy everything in front of me. So <laughs> it is interesting when people mix it up. I'm always I'm always um, surprised uh, to hear all the different combinations that people come up with and obviously it means something to some people like people really like to build up their character sometimes and then other times like rob it's just well that was the that i just happened to pick those i'm I'm sure get through the menu (laughs) i'm sure half the people listening is sort of brandishing crucifixes at the laptop right now it's this is mass (laughs) effect heresy i'm quite confident rob when you launch mass effect 2 for the first time you you import your ship the first thing you really see is the normandy sr1 being you know decimated being just torn to bits what was your reaction I was heartbroken. <laughs> it's I had no idea it was coming. It was absolute news to me. It's uh, terrifying. Genuinely soul-destroying to see my home being ripped apart before I've even started the game, before the title cards even come up. It's, yeah, horrifying. Genuinely. I actually just got chills down my spine from mentioning that. Um, especially once you you watch Shepard pulling at the back of the helmet, I just got chills right down my spine. I couldn't talk. So, uh, obviously, you know, Shepard dies. And that is how you, how, how the game starts. Hey, that, that, you know that character that you played for, you know, 30 hours in that last game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He slash she, they're dead. This, this, so it's just, yeah. just gone. Um, what are you going to do? Uh, and then uh, the next thing that you see is that oh you know what we're bringing back Shepard you know you're you're in this haze you're in this giant uh, it's a dream sequence and you're you're confused you're like is is Shepard really dead is this is this a, a reanimated zombie Shepard what is the deal and the, I guess that really does make sense with the space Jesus aspect and <laughs> what's the deal and then all of a sudden hey you know what guess what we're under attack. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're feeling good or not, Shepard. You need to get up <laughs> and leave. You're basically forced to get up. You're you're getting screamed at. To Shepard, go get a gun. Just run. Go. Were you confused or or what was your reaction, Rob? Yeah, shell shocked. I think is really <laughs> the word for it. It's it felt quite real. It was. I I got it on Christmas Day as well. It's quite exciting. Yeah, it's especially kind of weird because. 
that was the first time you actually ended up having the the thermal clip concept and then the change to the combat you're you're relearning the whole game again which really added a nice uh, sense of urgency to the situation that so when you meet the the really the first person you you get to meet is jacob what was your were your first reaction to the way that Jacob interacted with you, Rob. He seemed like a nice bloke. I, I didn't hate him as much as I hated Miranda at first. But, right, I'm, I'm going to elaborate on this because it was a good hatred. <laughs> Jacob, I, I, have, I have some mixed feelings about it because at some points in the game, he gets... He, he's actually kind of a, a, a jerk at times. Other than that, he he's kind of boring. He's kind of the Caden of Mass Effect 2. Uh, he just doesn't have a whole lot going for him. Hey, I'm a generic biotic man. That's about it. I was in the military, you guys. And it's, that's yeah. his entire plot. That's his entire story is that, hey, I'm a generic biotic man and I was in the military one time. <laughs> There's At least with Caden, you kind of got more of a sense of feeling about what really shaped him as a person, like when he was in Bot, where with Jacob, it's just like, my dad left me. Not very well explored at all. It's of the rich tapestry of characters in Mass Effect 2, I think is really where he forced... It's because if it weren't such a richly characterized game, mm-hmm. then he, in most casts, he was sort of scuttled by unnoticed. Nobody would sort of go, you're lagging behind. Nobody would uh, yeah, but criticize but him. Compared to this... These these people with rich histories, and especially because you have characters in this game that you spent hours and hours with, uh, you're like, hey, Jacob, number one, you're not my friend from the first game, so screw you. (laughs) And number two... Hey, how about you offer something? You give me, you know, hey, we we have all these aliens with super interesting backstories, and you're just like, well, you know, I I can, I'll give you the good stuff. Just just tell me when, Shepard. The prize of the Cerberus characters as well. He's the one who doesn't really have much to do with Cerberus. He could be Alliance. He could be anyone. It doesn't really have yeah. any say in how he acts or pretty, pretty anything much. like that. Yeah. And then, and he's then just he like, just well, act- they offered me a job. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, what are you going to do? You know, got to pay those bills. Uh, and so he's he's boring. And then he's, on top of that, he's kind of a dick most of the time. Like, you know, <laughs> he, he, you new, new people come in, you recruit people throughout the game, and he's like, psh, tally. I ain't give a fuck about you quarians. Yeah, we'll save the galaxy. He's all right. We meet the the, the bad man character uh, who is pretty obviously not up to no good. Uh, you, you see it, and, and they show it to you, and clearly he he's not he's not doing nice things. You know, you don't necessarily think, oh, well, he's trying to kill me, but he's up to something. It's not great. You you work through you work through the f- the first opening level, and then Miranda, as you meet her in person for the first time, shoots him directly in the face, and that <laughs> that, that is uh, uh, our introduction to Miranda. What, what were your thoughts about that, Rob? Well, again, it's I kind of respected Miranda a little bit more um, as a villain. I thought that again, like I thought she was just the enemy of my enemy. It's mm-hmm an element of she was just as villainous as the bloke she'd just killed and it took me ages to trust her as the game progressed and that applies for the entire sort of Cerberus opening it's the new Normandy sorry if I'm skipping ahead here no 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 the new new Normandy Miranda Jacob it was all it all felt wrong none of it was the Normandy that I'd grown to love Mm -hmm. Edie hated I wanted her to go away it's like this isn't my ship give me Joker give me Chaplin this is a trap I don't I don't trust any of you MFers precisely and but I think they nailed that perfectly you do feel uncomfortable and you gradually warm to it and as the game ends you Mm -hmm. can't imagine 
being in a different Normandy. It's when you go back to Mass Effect 1 afterwards, the old Normandy feels pokey and rubbish. And well, yeah, and, and man, that elevator. Woo! Yeah, precisely. <laughs> so it's... I think they did a fantastic job of creating characters who you hate at first, but gradually warm to, and you see them thaw, and you see them grow. And Miranda is the perfect example of that. She's so cold, she's so hostile at the start, you wouldn't trust her to put your socks on, I don't know. Is that a phrase? <laughs> <laughs> That's not well, a phrase, also, but carry on. I think, I think I'm just, you know, as an American, and with, with your British accent, I think you can sell it. I think you just be like, hey, you know what? That's a common British yeah. e- euphemism. I'm just going to go with that. Yeah, we say it all the time down the Gentleman's Club. Yeah, you don't trust her to put your socks on. Yeah, to put my socks on. (laughs) I really wonder if that intro scene with Miranda and and the elusive man, I wonder if that's necessary. It it feels a little bit... um, Superfluous? Yeah, well, it seems yeah. yeah, it seems ham-fisted a little bit. Um, oh, I, I guess loved they're, it. They're I loved just, it. They, they want to, I guess, speed things along a bit, and that, that's fair because you you don't want things to get boring up front because you want to you want to engage people. But yeah. you know, having played it, I feel like going back and, and doing it again. It seems very. I guess the best way to put it is that it seems strong. Like it's a very very heavy way to introduce Miranda and the Elusive Man. Well, it's beautiful, though. It's a beautiful scene. Oh, it, it looks, is. It looks really think good. Rob, when, when we, 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 we follow Miranda <laughs> and we, we go back and we have our first meeting with the Elusive Man. Oh, the Elusive Man. Do you have strong feelings about the Elusive Man? I treated him with the same disdain I treated the council with in Mass Effect 1. You're like, look, you can't hang up on him. Were you actively hostile towards him, or did you just distrust him? I just thought, yeah, I just distrusted him, but I did like to sort of... Troll there him. was one, Yeah, if you will. It's, there's, there's a moment towards the end where you can invite him to go on the suicide mission with you. I'll pick <laughs> up. Tony, what, did, what were your thoughts about the, uh, the elusive man? I, I was tentative with him. Like, there were times where I, like, questioned just about everything he was doing. We're sent off to do busy work, essentially, uh, to go off to Freedom's Progress. We go there, and pretty much right off the bat, we find we find Tally. What, what were your thoughts when you bump into Tally pretty much right away? It surprised me. I wasn't expecting to see her at all. It's interesting is that Mass Effect 2 is much less plot-driven than Mass Effect One is. Mass Effect One, uh, obviously, the the parts that we that we love and we have a lot of affection for the characters and the world building, you know, all of the 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 details in the lore. Um, yeah. But with Mass Effect One, it's kind of a self it's a self contained game. And yes, you know, they lead you off and say, oh well, there's more Reapers, and that that's really much like it's you know with the Star Wars comparison, Mass Effect One is essentially a New Hope. It, it is. A self-contained story. You work through the plot. Oh, you know, Saren's the bad guy. Blah blah blah. Turns out Saren's not really the bad guy. He's he's just a he's small potatoes compared to the, what the he's bad the guy green. is. With this, yes, there is there is a plot. Absolutely, I'm not saying that there's that there's no plot, but that's not the focus of the game. You get this the dirty does Shepherd's dozen, uh, if you will, uh, where you're trying to get the best in the galaxy to go forward and you spend most of the game interacting dealing with characters recruiting them uh doing loyalty missions and that's a huge part of it so you're you're less focused on the plot is that is that something that you you enjoyed and embraced or were were you a little bit uh skeptical up front rob it is looser and it's more freeform and i quite like that and it's i think 
it would almost benefit from being more loose and more freeform. It's I like that it's almost an anthology of short stories. Mm-hmm. It's you've got each character has got their problems that they need to conquer in order to bring themselves up to speed to the suicide mission that ties it up at the end. Mm-hmm. But I think very much uh, the freeform nature of the plot works in its favour and there's so many different tapestries intertwining and occasionally colliding. Yeah, you're going across the universe, righting wrongs. It's proper Mass Effect. It's right. top draw stuff. Yeah, and, and you know, with with the original Mass Effect, you, it's it's not it's not linear strictly in that hey, you have to finish X, uh, you know, X tasks before you can go to Y task. You do have mm. options about which planets you go to first, and, and which that. But but there is a structure with this game. There, with with the exception of a of obviously like you, you know you have the horizon middle of the game hump yeah Uh, yeah other than that it's it is pretty much freeform you you kind of get to do whatever you want in whatever order um and it doesn't really negatively impact you like you know with mass effect one if if you wait until the very end to get liara you know she's insane yeah she's she's basically gone bonkers i do that every time nowadays Loads of fun. What were your thoughts about Tally, uh, Tony? I was actually really, really surprised. I was like, yay, Tally. I'm like, finally a familiar face that I don't want to slap. We're moving forward. We, we meet Vitor, and uh, he's basically going crazy. And we're introduced to the Collectors. After after having seen Mass Effect 1, the ending of Mass Effect 1, where, oh, well, the Reapers, like they're coming, and it's going to be bad news. Were you surprised that they're like... Well, it's not the Reapers, it's the Collectors. Were, were, you, were you were you surprised? I sort of took it in my stride. I was just sort of going through a walk in the park and just go, oh, there's a nice Collector over there. Okay, I'll chase that for a bit. And <laughs> I pushed the Reapers to the back of my mind. Oh. One thing I will say about that scene is it cements a Mass Effect trend that I've only just noticed while we're playing them, is that on the first mission of every game, there's video footage of the main um antagonists mm-hmm. so it's like there's true you've got sovereign taken off at the start of one you got the collectors uh the video of the tech collectors on two and you got the video of london being attacked on three and i thought that was a nice little tradition what was your thought about about the collectors when you're they're first introduced to you uh tony the um the concept of how the story is a lot looser it definitely kind of builds up the trend that you're starting to run out of time going back and 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 you know having perfect knowledge of, of how everything goes i kind of wish that shepherd would has a would have a stronger reaction it's like collectors like okay well obviously we need to stop them but what about the reapers you guys yeah <laughs> these giant you know it's the star child too uh, it, it is it, it's kind of frustrating going back you know uh, a- after having played it going back it's like shepherd why why the hell aren't you freaking out about the reapers you really should be freaking out about the reapers <laughs> so we we get back from freedom's progress listen man yeah, you know what? Those I those damn collectors. I I I assumed so. Blah blah blah. Hey, go out and find all these cool people to help us shoot up the collectors. Uh, and then we're we're let loose to go acro- go across the galaxy and and go wild. Um, so our first our first recruitment is is Morton. Oh yes, it is. God. Yay! Uh, everyone loves Morton. He is problematic. Yeah. Um, we we're we're tasked to go to Omega. Which is essentially the Nega Citadel. It is it is the Citadel, but for the Terminus systems. It's, it's, it's like the, uh, what is it level thirteen thirty five? It is absolutely crazy. Where the the, the scumbags of, of of the Mass Effect galaxy 
uh, are really, really all put into into Omega. You have the lowest of the low. Like these are mercenaries. They're they're just there to kill people and get money. We're tasked with going into an infected zone where hey, I'm a human, I'm, I'm immune. I really think that it sets kind of the tone of the rest of the game when you're brought when you're when you jump to Omega and wow this isn't this isn't the beautiful spacious citadel that we were used to shit has changed you're now in you're you're in the shit now uh shepherd you're you're dealing with bad people all the time you're not you're not in the in the loving arms of the citadel uh this is this is bad news when we when we first meet Morden, did you did you have an affection for him right off the bat, or does that come after interacting with him throughout the game? I had an affection for him before I met him. It's, as soon as they said scientist, I thought, this is going to be Salarian. I want the Salarian squad mate. I'm going to have a Salarian <laughs> squad mate. He's going to be my first one. I'm going to love him in Hollywood's reason. And he was brilliant. Yeah, <sighs> loved him. Every bit of him. He is... I've got a, um, you know, they've got the figures of them. He's, he's, I've bought him. Warren is such a great character. Tony, uh, what, 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 at what point did you did you fall in love with Morton? Right, I think about the time that I heard that he was basically shooting people. Yeah. <laughs> the mission itself to to get hit to recruit him. Do you guys do you guys like it or is it kind of just busy work until you get more? It's just busy work until we get more. Yeah, it's, it's it, fine, Tony. It's kind of like that uh, renegade option. He's like, Jesus, why can't anybody ever just say sure? Come on. So we get we get more, and then we're tasked with dealing with Archangel. Before we move on to that, oh sure, go ahead. Just another thing on Morden. It's as a character, I think he very much embodies everything that's right about Mass Effect Two. It's Mass Effect Two is my favorite of the three games. I. I think I, I think that's that's pretty common among a Mass Effect fans. Yeah, by a hair, it's it's only a hair's width above either of its neighbors. Uh, but but it's the kind of what I really like about Mass Effect Two is that there's no black and white morality. It's not like we're the heroes and we're versus mm-hmm. the depth. evil reapers. There's yeah. Yeah, there's depth, there's grey areas, and Morden is a massive grey area. He takes it to the extreme. He's the doctor who kills people. It's he, he's the perfect contradiction. He's, he's one of my very like, favorite characters. He's kind of like almost like the real character embodiment besides Shepard of how the choices in your life will affect it. And yeah. I, I also love with Morden is that he he really does um, believe wholeheartedly in the thing. I, I really don't think at any point he's fooling himself or he's in denial no, I precise. feel like he actually believes everything that he does at, at any given point is the best thing that he can do. He's trying and, his hardest at all the times to make the best decision possible for not just him, but for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also the fact that um, it's like he said, you know, we have short lifespans, so we have to actually process these things as we go. So, uh, so that way we don't dwell on them and we can just move on. He's a good renegade. He's... Perfect. He's a good renegade. Renegon. Yeah, it's oof, man. Morn, real good. So we're now we're tasked with with getting with, with dealing with this archangel fellow. Now they slowly start sneaking in hints about who Archangel is as you go through the plot. Like you mentioned, they start mentioning, oh, you know, uh, he showed up on Omega. This it's a Turian. Did uh, did Rob? Did you did you? get the feeling that you're going to see Garrus or was it a complete surprise to you? I was blissfully ignorant. It's fantastic <laughs> surprise. Loved it. It's 
blissful ignorance is going to be a common theme of this podcast, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> from my corner anyway. Now, what about you, Tony? I was slightly suspicious, but also at the same time, since they like replaced so many people like uh, Jacob and then mm-hmm. uh, Miranda, and then you got Morden, the, and the only face you saw so far was Tally, I was somewhat skeptical that it was going to be Garrus, actually. So we're 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 basically tasked with signing up with with a mercen- with mercenary groups to go out and. and- get to him to kill him but in reality we're not we're not going to kill him we're going to yeah. we're going to help him and in fact murder all of the mercenaries um you get there and oh hey garris what are you doing here funny meeting you here garris and you're you, you you're tasked with with really fighting a wave after wave after wave of mercenaries and if you're not considering how early it is in the game if you're not used to the combat system yet i i think i died three or four times the very first time i played through i played through this mission yeah that, like like when you're in that corridor and you got the three enemies the the Vorcha with the flamethrowers yeah Oh, oh god, I, I died so many times in that little corridor. Um, so it, it, it's actually pretty. It's it's it's. I I think this is uh a, actually a pretty fun mission in, in itself. Uh, it, it it can get tedious if if you're if you're new uh to the game if this is your yeah. first playthrough. But I really think that it's it's pretty strong, and I like that uh you get that you have Garrus's like health meter. It's like hey. You know what? Like this, this has consequences. If you, yeah, if you're oh, not yeah. doing this, you're gonna fail. It's one yeah. missed opportunity there. I would say is I think that if uh, the health bar got to zero, he should be gone for the rest of the game. He should be gone for yeah. Mass Effect Two, Mass Effect Three. It's a shame it was just a critical mission failure. You know, Bioware did have the balls to say, you know what? At the very end, w- after the suicide mission, like, hey, Shepard, if you died, you died. You're not coming back. Yeah. Oh, totally. That's brilliant. I like that. Um, and, that was insane. Yeah, and then and think about it. All all these things, all these people, all these variables are like, hey, you know what? Garrus could die or Tally could die. Um, there's so many people in Mass Effect 2 uh, that could die that you could have a completely different playthrough of Mass Effect 3 where, you know, you're talking about Tally and Garrus and, and Miranda and Jack, you know, all these people in Mass Effect 3 and people, other people who, they're, they all, they're all dead. They all yeah. died in the, in the suicide mission. It's really strong, and and I don't think Mass I don't think the Mass Effect team gets enough credit because having a, a the end mission being hey anyone in your crew they could all die. Oh, it's yeah, uh, trembling when you're making decisions and thinking oh I might be sent them to the death. That really makes you think twice when you're um, deciding whether or not you want to invest the time into the mineral scanning so you can have. <laughs> As boring as it was to make sure you have that plating so nobody dies. <laughs> you get Garrus, and you're like, oh, that's it. I, I am getting the hell off of Omega. I am done with Omega. You have to get more people, obviously. Well, because first you get Sinjins. Oh, of course. So you, not, only, not only do you get Garrus and Morton, now you have to go and get uh, Jack, Subject yep. Zero, and, uh, you know, we're... we're we, we're told we need to get Warlord Okir, but we end up not getting him at all. Uh, um, oh, um, so Jack, when we go to the to the prison, uh, they're like, "Hey, uh, Shepard, we're gonna need you to not have guns." <laughs> now, uh, you 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 play as as a mainly Paragon, and I, I play as a mainly Paragon as well, and I'm just like, "Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! No, nobody tries to nobody tries to take my guns away. I, I am Commander Shepard." 
No, 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 no. Rob, when, when, when they tell you to leave <laughs> your guns at the door, did you have a violent reaction? Yeah, massively. Well, it's, yeah, my shepherd was very renegade on the minor stuff, the petty stuff, but at the end of the day, she was paragon on the big decisions. Right. So as soon as, like, some middle management decided, no, you're not having your guns in here, she was like, uh, yes, yes, I am. Yeah, you're not having your guns in here. What did you think about the situation, Tony? Seeing as how my guy was mostly renegade, it was draw the guns and let's just see who walks out of this alive. <laughs> um, and then for my female, she was she's mostly um, she's mostly Paragon, so she's like she was still like, yeah, you're not getting these things. I'm on a planet. I got the Normandy, or I'm on the prison. I got the Normandy right there. Who's to say I just won't turn around and we blow you guys up? Yeah, pretty much. You make your way. They're like, oh, it's just. Hey, you know, Subject Zero, she's right through this, right through this door, Shepard. Uh, yeah. Just keep walking. It's cool. Keep going. Yep. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Something is up. I don't like what this, I don't like where this is going. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> capture Shepard. Um, they they, they want to capture Shepard and basically auction her off, auction him <laughs> slash her off to the highest bidder. Uh, and then you have to fight your way through the prison. Did you have fun with this, with this mission, uh, Rob? I died repeatedly. This was <laughs> this one's my Ecclesia. I've never completed a playthrough on any difficulty without dying once. Something will get in my way. Those damn robot dogs. Yeah, yeah. they're buggers, aren't they? Yeah, the Fenris Max. Yeah. What? What? Did you have? Did you like this? This uh, level, Tony? Uh, I actually kind of liked it. Um, it was definitely an interesting concept, considering exactly how you, uh, despite what you're shown, you we were shown from the promos of Jack, just exactly how, uh, for lack of a better term, badass or batshit insane she was. Jack is a strange character, and she really is so interesting in in the game, and then she gets even better in Mass Effect 3. You know, you start out, she's this, she is a hurt, damaged person. Like, clearly, yeah. she has been through hell, and you get to yeah. see her go through all of these stages uh, of dealing with this massive amount of grief she has to the point where she actually matures and she's able to be happy. You know, yeah, it's there's a war with the Reapers, but, like, she has purpose, and she's not mad all the time like she's actually being able to grow as a person and that really resonates a lot with me did jack jack is a character do, do you do you have strong feelings rob she died in my mass effect 2 oh, no. <laughs> so it's i didn't get to see the development on mass effect 3 firsthand i'm afraid but it's uh, when you're recruiting all these first this first wave of dossiers it's every single one of them bar mording kind of leads you up the wrong path a little bit. They fake you out a bit. So it's, um, say, when you're going for Grunt, uh, you, sorry, you're going for Warlord Okir, you end up with Grunt. You're going for Archangel, you end up with an old mate. And when you're going for Jack, you're expecting some hardened criminal bloke and you get a girl, which mm. I don't even remember as the surprise anymore. That's the least surprising thing about her. Yes. Is the one that they're trying to uh, fake you out on. It, I quite like that she flounced the romance angle. She sort of... It, Again, she leads you up one path and sends you down on another. It is so interesting because I, I obviously I, I, I play it as a female strep through my main one. When I went through and played again as as a as a guy, she is she basically is really skeptical of you. You know, like she's she's mm. like uh, hey, you're oh. gonna try to hurt me again. Are, are like are you you're like just like everyone else, Shepard and She's constantly, you know, like even the, if even if you play as a shepherd who is not at all trying to hit on her, she's constantly accusing you of hitting on her yeah. throughout the entire yeah. game. 
she's like, what, what are you just, what are you just trying to have sex with me, Shepard? What is the deal? You're like, Jack, Jack, relax. Just everything's cool. Yeah. Um, and, and I really like that. You know what? You you can fuck it up. You can really if if you you know abuse Jack not 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 physically abuse Jack but like you you, yeah. you don't you take don't, it for granted. Yeah. Take it for granted. Um, yeah. You, you you can lose her. Basically, she's like, okay, she'll I'll fuck well, yeah, for yeah. you, but I'm not interested in talking to you anymore. And that's yeah, so that- interesting. After we after we get Jack, we need to go and uh, you know recruit Warlord Okir. We get we get there and man that whew, that planet is is a mess. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it the is, junkyard of the galaxy. Yeah. Um, so he, he, Warlord Okir has been uh, working with this mercenary group to to breed uh, these these tank bred Krogans. Being able to generate more Krogans that's a huge it's a huge deal. So Warlord Okir is doing some pretty interesting stuff. We we make our way to him and he's basically saying, Look, you know what, you need to take out this mercenary leader. She's she's gone crazy. You do so and by the time you get back Warlord Okir, he's dead. <laughs> so mission failed. Um you yeah. not good enough, Shepard. Uh, so you, you you're tasked with with delivering this uh baby krogan to to your you know the the uh bay of 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 the normandy and now you have to make the decision do you open the pod what 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 was your first reaction when you're given the choice to open it or keep it closed uh, rob i considered leaving it but i did end up going straight down to the cargo bay and thought if there is a krogan i want to meet it now i love krogans i loved rex in the previous game so i thought Let's break it out pretty pretty sharpish. It's I was kind of wondering whether I had actually failed by not saving Okir. I was wondering if it was possible to. Yeah. And I might be getting kind of the rubbish comedy character uh, in his place or whatever. But yeah. yeah, it's there was a sense of real trepidation. I thought this might just be a game over. This might just yeah. be a pod that I've got <laughs> and to then, leave there for like, the rest of the game. You, you, op- you open the pod. And Grunt immediately attacks you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. What do, what do you expect? <laughs> it's broken. Tony, did you did you like the way that you're you're basically given the option to uh, release Grunt or just keep him sealed up forever? I, you know, I was just like a Krogan that was born in a tank and was bred for battle. I have to see this. There was no there was no qualms about it. I was just like, all right, let's open this sucker. Now, I I actually read a bit. When when they first announced that you're going you're going to have a Krogan that is not Rex in your party, uh, there was a there was some belly aching uh, from Mass Effect fans. They're like, "Oh, it's just going to be Diet Rex. It's going to be watered down Rex." Turns out, no, Grunt is not. It, it's not just oh, it's another Rex. You know, stand in. It's he is his own character. He he has he his own flaws, his own interesting plot. It's he he is a Krogan like rex but he his story is nothing like rex's story and his personality isn't like rex at all it's like he said it's like he was raised on imprinting he never got to experience anything yeah it's so So he's trying to he's stuck trying to find his own identity rather than the one that was tried to that was supposed to be implanted into him right um, so now, now we're, we're taken to Horizon. Uh, the, the elusive man says, Hey, hey, you gotta go to Horizon now. Go, get, go, go there, Shepard, now, now, go! And he's, you're very rushed into Horizon. Um, uh, you, you know, this is our, this is our big chance, uh, Shepard. Uh, you, <coughs> you get there, the, the collectors have gone crazy. They're, they're freezing all these people with their, with their swarms. 
Rob, what, did did you like the Horizon level, or do you feel like uh, you're being pushed into something that you're not comfortable with? Well, I always feel a bit like I'm being pushed into something I'm not comfortable with when the elusive man's on the horizon. It's, <laughs> right. Again, I'm slightly indignant towards authority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's very elusive. That's the first thing I noticed about him. Well, good job. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. A plus, uh, A plus. Um, so but, you, you get there. Uh, well, you you don't before you even get there. You see this cutscene with the Vermeer survivor. Now, mm. uh, Rob, who is your Vermeer survivor? Ashley. Okay, so you see Ashley and and. When you see her in in the cutscene, um, are you happy to see her? Are you are you uh, worried <laughs> because obviously you know something bad's gonna happen? What was your reaction? Um, I wasn't a hundred percent sure that something bad was going to happen. I thought, oh, brilliant, another recruit mission. It's, <laughs> but, I I thought she was uh, in the party yeah, already. Yeah. It was just a matter of time. Yeah. So, and Tony, when who's your Vermeer survivor? Um. That was actually Ashley as well, because uh, I actually, like, for my first ever run, I sat there and I wasted, I sat down the remote and walked away for 20 minutes because I had been working <laughs> on romancing Ashley um, on Vermeer. And I'm like, do I romance Ashley? Because I'll feel guilty about this later or leave Ashley alive or go keep Caden. And I just left Ashley for that one and then Caden on my uh, female one. Right. Um, so you, you both see Ashley. I, I, I also keep Ashley because... Uh, even though she's a space racist, and and that's and that's and reads, po- and reads yeah. bad poetry. I, I don't like that term for her because it, I, she is though. She's a space she racist. Likes know, she's prejudiced. But I, the, the weird part is, is I find her and Caden actually perfect foils into how you will actually mold your mold your shepherd's um, interactions mm-hmm. with the alien races. Because Caden, you know, he suffered at the hands of a Turian, but he doesn't, you know, hate Turians. But Ashley suffered. Not necessarily literally at the hands of the Turians, but mostly is the fact that humans, though, I'm surprised, you know, she she hates aliens as much as she does when it was, in fact, humans that literally destroyed her family. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, actually, at least she has something. At least she has some sort of story. At least she has some sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she'd just be a female Jacob. Yeah, I mean, whew. Well, it's tough to leave him alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my rationale well, actually, was... I, I, he started to grow on me actually after a while and I had multiple playthroughs I really actually started to like him what were you going to say Rob? I was just going to say my rationale was a lot more simple than that I was a sentinel, Caden was a sentinel don't need two sentinels, sorry Caden you're fired <laughs> <laughs> get out of here <laughs> with uh, regret Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we, we see them and we see the swarms Whew, they, they, uh, they take they take out uh humans left and right they're they're freezing them in place so the collectors can come by and beam them up and then turn them into goo oh, that's just wonderful yeah. um, <laughs> so we Gooey. delicious yeah, yeah um we move through and we you know we deal with the collectors we shoot at them uh we, we well <laughs> well what Oh, that's quite a big moment, actually, because that's the first time we really see the collectors. It is true. That was that was actually really awesome. Yeah, um, we we see them, and, I, and you know, it's Horizon is played up to be pretty scary. It's actually supposed to be pretty spooky. Like, oh, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Like, I, you know, who oh, knows yeah, what's going to happen at the end of this level. Um, so we we make our way through, and we eventually get to uh, our Vermeer survivor, and. They are not pleased to see you. <laughs> um, wh- what was your reaction to the way that you're greeted by Ashley, Rob? 
Um, I just sort of disapproved. <laughs> I thought, right, well, if you're going to be a child about it, I'm going to be a child about it. Don't yeah. want you anymore. <laughs> it's, yeah, I've, I've held a grudge ever since, if I'm honest. Uh, what about you, Tony? Uh, I tried to approach her more or less with the reasoning um, behind it. It's like, you know, I wouldn't be doing this um, for, you know, if I was, if there wasn't uh, another overriding reason for it. But then there was also the time where I actually made a shepherd just strictly for the chance to romance in Caden and a male shepherd. And then it was just kind of like, I don't know if i want to romance you now but um uh no for her i tried to really appeal to the fact that like look you know i'm a jerk but i've always had a good intention behind it mm-hmm. yeah it is uh it i was pretty shocked when i i came there and they uh, like I, I i can understand them being skeptical about them being like well, you're with cerberus but Cerber- they're not they're not good shepherd what's what's your deal but after after all this time you spent with the Vermeer survivor in yeah. Mass Effect One, you'd think that they would have some sort of trust of you. Yeah, yeah. it's we saved her life. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a, a multiple, many, many, many times yeah. actually. Um, not not, not just on to... Vermeer. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like one of you. One I left one of you to die in a horrific nuclear explosion. Why wasn't it you? I chose to save you. What, what, why are you questioning me here? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm okay with them questioning, but after Shepard's yeah. like, look, I have good intentions, and, like, here's the reason. Like, Shepard lays out the reasons why he slash she is doing what they're doing um, pretty well. I mean, obviously, it's 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 time compressed because it, you can't have, like, a 20-hour scene. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Ashley slash Caden... They're being a little. I'm okay with them being skeptical, but they have a, ve- a really negative reaction that feels almost forced. Well, it's particularly with Ashley yeah. because, as a bit of a space racist, she should really think us joining Cerberus kind of cool. Yeah, you, you get that line where it's like, "Look, I hate aliens as much as the next guy, but yeah. Cerberus." <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, did you ever? Uh, well, remember though. I mean, a lot of times the characters will reflect the um, will reflect uh, how you interacted with them in the first game. So you can actually make Ashley, you know, lose a lot of the, those uh, initial prejudices. Yeah. Mm. Um, man, Ashley. Well, to be fair, I generally try not to speak with her as much as possible because <laughs> she she might re- she might read poetry at me, and I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Um. I, I, and I, cer- I certainly do, uh, well, I, I get that all the time Yeah, <laughs> just uh, down the shops don't read poetry at me please please no poetry um, I, I play mainly as a femship and even as a guy I try not to talk to her because number one it's the space race is an aspect of it but also like, I just don't want to deal with her I don't want to romance her I, don't want, I just don't want any part of, of, of Ashley at any time uh even though she's more interesting than Caden, and, and I will save her in most of my playthroughs, she's just not she's just not interesting enough. Um, so we, we, we successfully it's... navigate Horizon. Go ahead, hmm. Rob. Oh, I was just going to say that I quite liked her in Mass Effect 1. It was just Mass Effect 2 that's helped me. Oh, really? <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, you it's... only have... I was for five minutes and then done. Yeah. yeah. I was chilling in the hole with her pretty much after each mission in Mass Effect 1. Which I think made it hurt more. <laughs> God, that's a sad sentence. But yeah, yeah, you get yeah. the gist. Yeah. Um, so 
I, I also have neglected to discuss probably one of the most interesting aspects of the game is that we have an, an artificial intelligence now, and that is Edie. Um, Rob, what was your? Did, did you like Edie? Did you? Were you skeptical about Edie? What was? What was the deal with that? Again, it was very much kind of. I very much distrust her. I was in the same position as Joker. It's I wanted joker to have the pilot seat i didn't want anyone taking away from my pilot which is strange because again i didn't like joker in the first game it's taken me a long time to warm to half the characters but now that I have it's very rewarding right uh, and that is the same with Edie. it happened across the course of the game i didn't really respect her until a few missions later as i'm sure we'll discuss right. shortly when we're under attack but yeah it, it was a slow burn slow burn Edie. but i think that's the most rewarding kind of storyline yeah um we it, it is whew. Uh, uh, Edie is a very interesting character, and I I whew, man, I, what what do you think, Tony? What, what did, were you? Yeah, she was first. Yeah, I was, especially with the fact that again, you know, after you know, if you remember playing through uh, one, and you see what Cerberus had done to people, and then all of a sudden they stick a an AI on my ship that is not only something they created in a sense, but also something that is spying on me in every way, shape or form. Uh, I was, I, I was very, um, I didn't approach her very often. I may have, you know, done the initial thing where I was talking with her, you know, just to get a concept of it. But at the same time, I was just, um, I'm not talking to you anymore after that first few times. <laughs> it is also interesting because you, you, I, I, I've talked about this in other podcasts, but, um, in many, many sci-fi, um, uh, stories the ship that you're on it, it becomes a character you know the, yeah. cano- the canonical yeah, ones you know the Millennium Falcon you get the start the Starship Enterprise you, you Serenity Serenity um, th- these are never th- you actually have a strong affection toward uh, for the ships it's themselves and you get that with the Normandy in, in in Mass Effect 1 but in Mass Effect 2 not only do you get a bigger better Normandy but the Normandy is kind of personified in Edie. And we still instantly hate it. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I'm home. It's, it's like basically coming back for Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. It's like you, you know, you're, you're home, but you know something bad's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, you're home, but everything's <laughs> changed. They've, they've turfed out your room and put a playroom in there. <laughs> so so w- once you pass Horizon, you, can, you, you get a, a, a handful of uh, more recruits. Um, from from dossiers from the uh, re- elusive man, and you're tasked with with going out and getting more people uh, to help fight the collectors. Um, first up, we have Thane, who is uh, our the first Drell we're really introduced to in, in the yeah. Aspect yeah. universe. Um, what were your what, well um, number one? One of two. Rob, Ra- Ra- do you think that the the mission itself to get Thane? Do you did you enjoy playing it? It was a decent mission. It's there are a few of them on. Oh, I've only forgotten the name of. We'll edit this bit out. Ilium, yes, it's Ilium. I was thinking Fessia. Um, yeah, Ilium. It's there are a few missions on Ilium that, with loyalty missions as well, occurring about the same time. They kind of blend into each other a little bit. Uh-huh. Do you find? Yeah, you know, that's true because you're, you're, you're at least in the early parts of all the missions, you're kind of going about all these different people, getting information, uh, bouncing around until you can actually get to the you know trigger the actual recruiting. Yeah, going up buildings, shooting eclipse mercs. It's there's there are similar themes between each one. So it's not one of the most memorable missions, but is Thane the one with the bridge? 
Uh, I I don't remember. Um, um, but for which I part? think it what is. About there's the bridge um, between two skyscrapers. Uh, when yeah, that's uh, that's thing. Yeah. yeah. Excellent moment. That is the best alien missions, except Shadow Broker. But um, okay. so we're we're intro- the first time we're introduced to Thane. We we see him in person. Uh, he he jumps down out of out of a duct and murders the person right in front of you. Um, yeah. And then begins to pray. What, what, Rob, what, what do you think? Like, is that was that? Uh, strange or were you intrigued or were you kind of spooked away from him well my first reaction was what the fuck is that (laughs) (laughs) i'd seen him on the front cover but i just thought it was a fucked up asari yeah he is uh he he is quite weird (laughs) uh what 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 was your reaction when you when you see thane drop out tony uh, well, I actually had that spoiled for me because I uh, watched the E3, like, reveal of Thane, uh, at least for that scene where he, like, um, like snaps um, Dantius's neck, which was, I was just like, ah, that didn't feel, sound good. Um, but the prayer part was actually something very interesting to me because a lot of times in games like this, people never show, like, any sort of remorse or... Um, inclination the fact that they are doing something despite the fact that a person does there are committing a horrendous act and that really actually uh made me really intrigued at the the philosophy of thane as a character yeah and, and his his religion and and all the because the, thane he he like similar in, in in some ways to morden um he he accepts he accepts everything that he does, and he's like, "Look, I kill people, and no, I don't make the decision to kill people. I'm just, a, I'm a hired gun, essentially." But he's like, "Look, he doesn't make bones about his his job. He's like, I am a murderer, and you know, like I I have to atone for my sins." He he's he's not saying like, "Hey, I," but you know, I, I yeah, I kill people, but I'm a good guy. It's cool. It's it. He, he's kind of like a polar opposite to Rex almost in yeah. a way where Rex just killed people, you know, because he's like, well, that's all we Krogan are good for. Right. He, and he doesn't have any quarrels about it. Yeah. Where Thane is like, hey, you know what? I It, it doesn't stop him from doing it, but he he obviously has pretty strong feelings about it. We're, we're, what about you? What do you, what do you think, Rob? Um, I'm not convinced that he does have strong feelings about it. I think he very much sees himself as the weapon, and he doesn't blame himself. He takes no, he burdens none of the penance, uh, burdens none of the penance for it. It's he very much. It's separate from morality. His morality and his religion are kept in a box when he's doing a killing. Or yeah, but it, yeah, he kind of said that, like, like where he goes into a battle sleep, where he, he while he is knowing of the act, his body yeah. is doing it as a separate entity. Yeah, so I think he's almost completely disconnected. There's no morality to it. It's completely neutral. He blames only the priests, uh, the people who gave him his orders. Um, and so it's when he's praying, he's doing it out of love almost. So he's a, he's a loving assassin, which I think is a different kind of contrast, but it's still an interesting one, interesting. personally. Interesting, uh, but but you know you, yes he he does think of you know obviously he does he doesn't think of himself as cold as you know cold blooded because he's not the one ordering the murders he's just the one executing them but if he if it was completely disassociated why would he be praying for himself like to the absolution uh, of his sins and he still he he made on a, a, a 
been like quote unquote conscious while he was killing it, but he was conscious enough to accept the money to kill the person. Right. Yeah. It, it, Thane's a complicated character. Yeah, it's a morality so far divorced from anything that we've known. Yes. It's hard to kind of judge him by our rules, which is perfect. That's, I yeah. think, mission accomplished. I mean, yeah, that, that is the benefit of, of sci-fi is that, hey, yeah. we get to do this whole other, other way of dealing with something that you don't get to do in reality. Yeah, that's a story that only Mass Effect could tell, and they yeah. did it fantastically. Yeah. And it was kind I think... of... Go ahead, Tony. Uh, Oh, no, Rob, finish. Oh, I was just going to say that I think that is kind of pushing video games as a medium to an extent. I agree. Yeah, there's an extent to which video games still aren't seen as pure forms of storytelling, and yet they're telling richer stories than television sets possibly could in many ways, and I think Mass Effect is very much the ambassador for that, and Thane's a good example of that. Yeah. Um, Much like in Mass Effect 3, with the love that you feel for Morden because of Mass Effect 2... Uh, after th- after at least in my game, uh, you you play through uh, the Kylang is trying to uh, assassinate council members. Uh, Thane thwarts it and, and gets and gets basically uh, his he gets mortally wounded. Um, he and then he dies. the The point in the game in Mass Effect Three where you ki- where you kill Kylang and. You say, you say that's for Thane, you son of a bitch. Like that really resonated really well. For that me. was like one of the greatest fuck yeah moments ever. It felt really uh, that that was a good. Obviously, you 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 get it even if you don't do the renegade. But that renegade interrupt where you smash Kylang's sword. Whoo! That is. It feels good. It feels real good. It's uh, as he was approaching, I was already pressing Paragon <laughs> Renegade, Paragon Renegade, Paragon Renegade. Right trigger. <laughs> like, uh, am I going to be able to do it? Am I going to be able to do it? And then it it kind of stinks that they change it to a standard Omniblade, because I was playing as Infiltrator, and it's kind of like a pronged one, and I kind of wanted to stab him in two places at once, but <laughs> very, very, very satisfying moment. Yeah, man. That is a good, that is a good scene. And, I, you, and that scene... Yeah, you, you, there are variations like that was for Kirahi or whatever. But I feel like if it's if it's Thane that it, that is in there that and he's the one who thwarts the assassination, that scene I feel resonates the the most for me. It's it was for Miranda in my playthrough. It's, uh, uh, oh, it's, you didn't save Miranda? I didn't read my emails. I was very busy. <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. Oh, what is it? Like, my, one of my moments, because unfortunately on my first playthrough, I didn't have Garrus. Uh, Ooh. That, that was like, that, that is like a painful thing to play a Mass Effect That's without Garrus. But um, it was actually like the first time that I really felt like the weight of everything was actually as Thane was praying for my salvation. Yeah. I was just crying. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It's, it's very touching. Um, and, and again, if you, if you saved... Uh, Thane's son. Uh, he's there, and Thank you call yet. it's it's good. It's real. It's a good scene. It's it's a really good scene, and I I like that. It's like obviously Shepard doesn't believe in whatever Drell God uh, that that Thane does. Um, like but but he Shepard doesn't care. Like Shepard's like this is my friend, and I I want him you know to to feel peace in his in his dying moments. 
Yeah. It's really strong. It's it's a yeah. it's a strong moment in in video games. Um, Agreed. Big letdown for the people who romanced him, but <laughs> well, but it's it, it, it's a it's bittersweet. It is, yeah. It, it, that it's was, not like that was it's not like Jacob. It's not like where you get just screwed if you if you if you're a yeah. friendship and you romance Jacob in two, that three you're just you're just screwed. Um, with yeah. Thane, I feel it's kind of like a beautiful, sweet, bitter bittersweet ending. Yeah. I mean, people people wanted just a little more emotion or discussion if you if you were if you had romanced him. But overall, when when playing originally as a male shepherd and even with my female shepherd, I didn't romance him for that playthrough. I I've seen that scene four times already, and I still cry. Yeah, it's re- it's it's moving. It really is uh, one of the one of the emotional peaks in Mass Effect. Too um, when Thane dies, it, it, yeah. provided that that you know, or Mass Effect Three rather is what I mean. Uh, provided that he's he's left to live when Thane when Thane dies, and if if he wasn't such a good character in Mass Effect Two, it wouldn't mean anything. It'd just be like, well, there's another there's another d- dead guy. Oh well, what are you gonna do? Uh, no, yeah. it's because he's such a good character. Um, and you know, I, I in my in my playthrough, I recruited Thane at the very very end. So oh. I, I I actually had like very little to do with Thane. Like Thane just seemed like this add-on character that didn't really add add much to the game. Um, but he, you know what? I, I after going back and playing through multiple playthroughs, uh, he he's a pretty great character. Um, so next up, we have to go and recruit Samara. Um, what, what are your thoughts? What are, what are your thoughts on Samara, Rob? I'm going to ask you what your thoughts are first because you went. Um, just before you said that, so I'm getting <laughs> the impression you're not very keen. I don't dislike Samara, but she she has this. You know, she is she is a Justicar, and that's fine. I, I'm, I'm not. But <laughs> you're a Justicar. That's fine. <laughs> um, but I good for you. You have this Asari culture, and and the, so they're obviously respected slash feared um, by Asaris, but. I'm I'm a human. I, I'm Shepard. I I don't really give a fuck about just the cars. It's just like she's she's interesting, and I and I really love her loyalty mission. But yeah, man, very much so. I don't care that you're a Justicar. Just she's like, oh well, you know, I have to live by this code, by these rules. I'm like, I don't care about your code, Samara. Uh, <laughs> it's I I can appreciate that. It's I'm a li- It's I I get her. I think she's quite good she's good for what she is sort of knight templar type figure and she does it well um but i think more than any other character it's you know how i said that earlier on that they're all kind of all the stories twist about and they're individual stories that kind of come together towards the end right i get the impression that samara is the one who would make least of an impact if she was cut out of the game yeah she does she's very tangential she doesn't really cross over with any of the characters she just sort of sits there looking into space going Oh, hello, Shepard. Uh, and yeah. she just... Yeah. I mean, you, you, would, you would lose it's the whole... The, like they, they, go ahead. It's, it's basically kind of like they threw her in there. Um, you know, I, again, it's, it's, it's interesting to see because with all the morally ambiguous characters that of the one you actually get, there is one that has to serve a, a purpose higher than themselves. Mm-hmm. But... You know, at the end, at the end of the day, though, it she just kind of I, I loved her to death, but at the same time, you know, because I kind of like those kind of characters. Um, yeah, 
But it's just kind of like I kind of just more or less looked at her. All right, you're here to blow some. You're here to just take some guys out now, right. as opposed yeah. to somebody who you can kind of grow and yeah. um, change. Um, which I guess. It, what was that? Oh, I was just going to say she's a very good character, but she's kind of drowned within Mass Effect Two. It's the other characters. Yeah, she's she's drowned Effect. mostly just in the fact that uh, again she she has to set one sort of ideal rather than somebody who's willing to. Um, altered themselves for a certain situation yeah. i feel i feel like i would have identified with samara better if she was just a vigilante um, yeah if she, if she was just you know what like i i basically have burdened the world with with morinth and now it is my <laughs> job i it's now my job to go and kill her it'd be better if she was just a a, a, a basically a a woman on a mission and she's just there to to kill her instead we have all this other like a sorry mythology yeah. and uh, i'm like all right all right all right uh it's fine it's just not my it's not my cup of tea yeah, to me it yeah. kind of paints the asaris like their um arrogance in a way yeah is she's yeah. like the showing of a sorry arrogance and just how loft how much loftier they think they are above everybody else yeah, yeah it's like i don't have to follow your laws I, i'm above it all I'll just kill. I'll just kill uh, the, these law enforcement officers because they want to detain me. Like that's not okay, Samara. Yeah, yeah it, it, she's man, Samara. Anyway, you get Samara. Achievement unlocked. Um, yeah. So yay. Um, now, now we're off to get Tally. Um, you know, hey, another familiar face. Um, I was very disappointed uh, when I didn't when I couldn't recruit Tally up front. But then I was very happy when I could recruit Tally later on in the game. Uh, I I like Tally's recruitment a lot. It's it that's a fun mission. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, very fun mission. I like the added dimension of the star, which never got followed up on. I wish that was followed yeah, up. Yeah, you know, I hope maybe 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 DLC in in Mass Effect Three, or maybe even even if it's just in the novels or the comics or something. Yeah. I would like I would like yeah. some follow up on that because it, it's a pretty interesting <laughs> subplot. Yeah, it's yeah, the, like the, the cons- Tony. Yeah, if you actually look into. Um, what Drew uh, Caption actually wrote in for the original ending, Haystrom was actually um, supposed to be the precursor to the concept of dark energy in his original ending concept. So that's why that happened. But once he left and they scrapped uh, his ending idea, you know, the mission just kind of becomes nah. Yeah, but it, it it is interesting, and, and they could certainly follow up with some with some other rationale. Yeah, oh, absolutely, there's room, absolutely. There's room to expand. Yeah. Um. Now, did, did was the aspect of having to stay in the shadows? Did you like that, Rob? Loved it. Brilliant. It's yeah. It's again. It's a very different one. It's got a unique character. I liked seeing the Geth again as well. I nice see the Geth. Yeah. Um, is that the only Geth mission? No, there are some side side missions. Yeah, there's but... some side stuff, but really, but that that's the big that's the big Geth part of. of it's Mass the Mass. first one. It's certainly the first Geth mission. Yeah, the... because well, because you you, you have, obviously you you end up dealing with uh with, with Legion, but yeah, yeah, that's I mean that's certainly it's like hey, remember the Geth? Yeah, yeah, yeah those yeah. guys. And yeah, for some reason they're here now and they're attacking a bunch of Corians. Why? Uh, because because <laughs> why that's not? why. Yeah, just because. Um, it, it's basically a big old nod to Mass Effect One, um, and then Cal Rigar. What, oh. what, what a good character! 
He's cool. He's cool. Too bad they killed him. Uh, oh no, man! Come on. He might have died in mine as well. No, no. Yeah, no, if you read. No, don't worry. They build up such a great like just. It's really fun to actually finally see the quarians, actually other quarians other than Tally in the game, yeah. and then you give us just this really cool soldier that you could have done so much more with, and then he's just in the third game as an email. Yeah. Well, you, you, there's only like I, I I I find it hard to criticize Bioware for that because like look yeah. you, you can't follow up on every thread because no yeah. you can't it, it, because the game would just be infinite it would just be an infinite game uh, and well, it would I mean, never be finished um, but they they could have done like what they kind of did with like um uh, Kasumi or John Dum and John Dumbauer, those guys, you know, just give him a little side mission where you can go and make him a war asset. Yeah, yeah. Or, or even if it was like a quick thing, like uh, it's kind of mentioned on the side where it's like, oh, hey, you know, uh, while you're dealing with while you're dealing with Tally and, and the Quarians and the Geth conflict, uh, there, there's also you know there's there's uh, there's Cal Rieger on, on the on the side. And you're dealing with him. Real, just even if it was just a real quick mention, it's. It does make the universe smaller if you're constantly bumping into the same people, though. That's true. And, it's true. And that's, yeah. a crit- that's a criticism with Star Wars: um, the expanded universe is that there's so much like, and then Luke saves the galaxy again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you can't follow the same. Yeah, you. That is true. You can't really follow the same group of characters. You have to keep expanding out because, or else you're just going to end up, you know, with nothing to keep anybody interested. Yeah. It's just yeah. Like, hey. Yeah, we learned about this a long time ago. Hey. Hey, the same guys save things again. Woo! Yeah, that's why it's apparently lots of people really hated Diana Alice. I didn't mind. Thought new newsreader. You need yeah. you need to keep on introducing new characters throughout I, to an yeah, extent. I, yeah. I, I, I had no I, problem with her. No, I don't understand the hate. I mean, like, okay, maybe as a romance, maybe. Oh uh, yeah, but I don't yeah, know. that's I, bad. Who, who the hell romances Diana Allers? There's so many other <laughs> interesting things to be going on. Um, I, you know. I just don't understand the hate. I also, you know, she. Oh, okay. Look, Jessica Chobot. She's not. She look. She's not a professional voiceover actress. That's fine. She was fine. It was fine. It was fine. It's not. It's not distracting. I wouldn't have guessed she wasn't a professional voice actor if <laughs> I, I didn't find out that people were crying about it. So. Um. Well, it, it's somewhat stilted. Uh. It, it's but it's not so bad that it that it detracts from um, the rest of it. I also find it hilarious. That because you know when you import a save, you get all basically all these uh, be, net, you know net positive effects in the game, and yeah. also I, I do all of these I, you know the side missions and stuff. So like I can persuade or or uh, or uh, intimidate anybody at any time. So obviously mm. like I get all this great stuff, but at any time, anytime you go up and talk to Diana Allers. Uh, in Mass Effect 3, she's like, oh, oh, do I need, is there a problem? Do I need to be kicked off the ship now? And I'm like, no, no, everything, it's cool. No. <laughs> Carry on. That's your only interaction other than interviews. Yeah, it's like, no, you're, you're, you're good. I, no, no problems there, Diane. <laughs> um, yeah, so y- you get Tally, and I really like where they take Tally's character. Yeah, oh, yeah. I agree. Um, she is much more interesting and she continues to grow and become more interesting like look she's good uh, she's good in mass effect one for what she is she's a Mm. young you know 
quarried equivalent of a kid doesn't teenager. know what's going on yeah and and she she's naive in certain ways it's great she's good and then she gets even better it, she's a really great character in two and she's she's now uh you know romanceable for so I, I know many people you know canonically uh people talk about her as their waifu um her what their, her her waifu their waifu it, it's it's fanfic terminology usually just to mean wife she's like what they call the opt or one true parent or otp one true pairing for their character yeah they, they, i'm learning so like, much today <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, as a man who's written fan fiction for 12 years you you pick up on a lot um yeah who man could i, I that's kind of sad i don't i don't think i could i don't think i could read i don't think i could ever read uh, any Mass Effect fan fiction? I, there's no way. There's no way. It, it's a uh, it's a very 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 delicate crowd to uh, <laughs> please, especially especially with characters like Pally and stuff. Which in one I wrote, actually, people yelled at me for causing a huge riff where I actually made um, uh, Tally cheat on Shepard, kind of. <laughs> mm, all right. Like people are like you're just trying to I'm like you expect people to have happy relationships all the time. Yeah. Um. So. Now that we have, uh, you know, we have pretty much everyone we're going to get, ex- with the exception yeah. of Legion. Um, well, we're, we're tasked yeah. with, with going to the collector ship. Uh, hey, you know, Shepard, there's this, you know, there's this Reaper type thing. Uh, it's fine. Why don't you just, why don't you just go hang out there? It's uh, derelict. Yes. Um, you're, you're there, and, and what the F, uh, elusive man? What is the deal with that guy? Oh yeah, that was when I really cemented my distrust. Yeah, that was that right there. I think was everybody's turning point where you're just like, yeah, you're gonna die. Yeah, I, you don't is... endanger me and my friends like that. I mean, yeah, maybe Miranda and Jacob right now because I'm still getting used yeah. to them, but everybody else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> step off, elusive man. So now we we now we have to finish up our loyalty missions. We have to get. We're, we're 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 nearing the end. And well, we've not we've not discussed Legion. Well, okay, so all right, should we should we leave him? Yeah, that's, that's the that's the IFF level though. Yeah. Oh crikey, sorry, I'm I'm all mixed up. Um, I did that bit out. I'm going to. Um. So now we have loyalty missions. Is there because there's so many loyalty missions and we're already at one and a half hours? Um. I'm gonna say, Rob, do you have a favorite loyalty mission? Do I have a favorite loyalty mission? Oh, great. Oh, let me just look at the list of people. I really, I mean, Samara, as we've already discussed, well, we've touched on briefly. Right, Sam- with, with Morinth. And that's a, it's really good because it, yeah. it's, it's interesting and they get to play with different aspects because there's no fighting in that, in, in that um, loyalty yeah. mission. It, it's all dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so- next to Thane. Thane didn't have, no, wait, Thane did because you have to go after him. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Thane is also an interesting one. Uh, Tony, do you have do you have a favorite loyalty mission? Well, Thane's one of them because of the fact that I I love the name of it because it's based off of one of my it's my one uh, title of one of my favorite songs ever. Okay, Cats in the Cradle. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the really interesting parts, other than maybe Tally's, because you really got to see the the how the quarrying culture really was. Mm-hmm. That was very um, good, yeah. Or is and how how it is is that everybody's you know um, always in everybody's business and how close knit it is and how one person can screw it up for the entire fleet. Right. Um, I'd have to say one of the most shocking moments came from Garrus's because there's the part where 
I ran through very renegade in the first game, and I told him like, Garrus, you don't have to kill him. And he looks at me, and goes, "Don't change what you told me two years ago." And I was like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> it kind of shocked me that he still took all my words to heart. It really cemented that kind of protege mentor um, relationship between us. And and it is nice that that you know he he is you know Shepard does kind of take him under his slash her wing uh, in Mass Effect One and. You actually grow to become equals. It, you you be, you very much become you know, like brothers in arms by the end of Mass Effect Three. Partners in crime, yeah. Yeah. It. It. Oh man, Mass Effect Three. What a good game. Yeah. Um. <laughs> very good game. Uh, I romance. I broke down crying when my femship said goodbye to him. Yeah. Ooh. My niece comes in and goes, "Why are you crying?" I'm like, "My boyfriend." <laughs> yeah, my, my my space my my uh, my kindness shelled boyfriend. <laughs> um, well, it's Garrus is quite interesting in Mass Effect Two because again, it's he's changed quite a lot as most of your um, previous compadres have. Oh yeah, but it's every single companion bar. Um, I would say probably Tali. Mm. You've got a reason to distrust, and that includes Garrus because he's gone very vigilante and he's mm-hmm. all of a sudden an organised criminal on Omega, and it's. The sheer single-mindedness with which he's hunting down, um, is it Harkin? other criminals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's back. It's, yeah, yeah. It, precisely. It's amazing. It's yeah. great. It quite, great. quite stunning development. So yeah. now we have we have to go um, to get the IFF. Um, to, to basically, we ha- we have to get through the Omega Four relay. Um, we have to go and and basically fight the reapers now um <laughs> or the, get the collectors rather but and to get to the reapers eventually um mm-hmm. uh we now need to get the reaper iff uh we go there we get it and and on the way we meet this fascinating uh, sniper fellow who happens to also be a geth um and we meet up with legion and I, you know, you, you see him throughout the level, and, and you're like, you, you kind of you get a very quick glimpse about him, and all of a sudden, uh, you're like, wait, wait a second, is that is that my is that N seven armor that he's wearing? Yeah, yeah um, that was creepy. <laughs> yes. Um, so we end up. Not only do we come back uh, with with the IFF, we also end up with a Geth. Um, <clears throat> you also have this fascinating. Uh, <coughs> ability to number one, you can just leave Legion there unactivated and never touch him again. Alternately, you can sell him to the Illusive Man, uh, <laughs> and, and of, of course, you can uh, you can you know enable him and he becomes a squadmate. You, the Geth, the people that you're you're yeah, told that you're yeah. fighting in the first game. Now, now one of them is is available as a squadmate in this game, which is really interesting and. I, I, I want to know, uh, I, Rob. Did you did you activate Legion right away? Of course I did. <laughs> it was a geth, and I realised on the squad screen there was a little slot for one new person. Yeah. And thought, <laughs> I'm I'm getting I'm getting this geth. Yeah. What, what about you, Tony? Yeah, it was it, it was again one of those like no brainer situations, just like with Grunt, because um, especially with what Legion brought to the table on the side of the geth. Mm-hmm. Um, especially which how it panned out in number three with the 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 what was the the, the Geth Quarian War, yeah. it was truly just fascinating in that you know you kind of finally get a chance to hear the other side of the story. Yeah, it's I only found out today that there are people who sold him to Cerberus. Yeah, I know. What is wrong I, with them? I know. I didn't. They know thought it was. Did what that. about Cerberus? 
that they, they, they sold. Oh, they sold them to Cerberus. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of like in Dragon Age 2 when you give Fenris back to Daenerys. <laughs> uh, and then also, what's crazy is that what's really nice is that in Mass Effect 3, if you sold if you sold him to Cerberus, he, you actually end up fighting Legion. He is one of yeah. the Geth that attack you. Oh, yeah. I, I'm actually going to do a run-through where I'm actually not even going to save Grissom Academy. Oh, no. And you're going yeah, no, so you're, you're to end up with, with Jack. With Jack uh, yeah, Mass that'll be interesting. Oh, and then, of course, if you if you uh, in, in Samara's loyalty mission, if you end up killing Samara and, and saving Morinth, Morinth comes back as a banshee. In Mass Effect, interesting. Yeah, scary. Yes, I mean, she is quite scary. Well, she's Ooh. scary with at, before she's indoctrinated. I, I don't even want to see her once she is. Um, so it, okay, that'll that'll be fun because I think that's uh, what's going to happen on my current run through. Yeah. Um, so now, now we get this point, we get to this point, uh, in, in the plot where Edie's like, uh, hey, you know, I'm working with this IFF, why don't you guys, why don't you take your entire crew, why don't you take your entire crew with you on the shuttle, and just, you know, have fun, go have a night on the Citadel, it's fine. Um, and, uh, of course, horrible, horrible things happen, and you're, the, the of IFF- Of course they do. The IFF is broadcasting um, the, the Normandy's location, and while you're off uh, playing with your with your whole crew, conveniently in in your shuttle, um, the the ship is attacked, and pretty much your entire crew is is taken. And fascinatingly, Joker is 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 convinced to unshackle Edie. From her bonds, like her the the constraints that she has on her AI core, um, you you actually for the first time and pretty much the only time, uh, with the exception of, of one mech, I guess in, in Mass Effect two also, you control mm-hmm. a character that's not Shepard. <coughs> um, you control Joker. You have to crawl. Are you talking about in the whole of the series or? In, in Mass or just between two. the main games. Well, yeah, yeah, because no, no I mean, well, because you have is, the iOS yeah. game and everything, but yeah, in, in the main games, you're only really playing a shepherd, through, except for these very short bursts. Yeah. Um, and throughout the entire time, I was dreading that they were going to make Edie turn bad. I was like, mm. oh, oh god, this is what they're doing. I can see what they're doing. This is going to suck. I don't yeah, want this to it, happen. And then I, they I, they didn't. Edie is good, and I was, yeah, I was so uh, happy. It's, it's just like what Joker says: if you start singing Daisy Bell, <laughs> yes, um, it is very good. That it is handled perfectly, and I really love that. Edie, when Joker does that, Edie becomes a full fledged character now. Mm. She not she is not just acting because she's programmed to do something. She's acting because she's. Conscious. She's a conscious being now. Um, you know, she's yeah. allowed to act on her own free will. She even will. says her first joke. Yeah, it is. It's. I love the sight of a human on their knees. <laughs> it's beautiful. It, it like she Edie cares about the Normandy. Edie cares about the crew. She doesn't want bad things to happen to them because they're her crew. They're her. They're her. You know, friends is a is, is a it's a loaded term, but like yeah, her coworkers, they're they're people that <laughs> yeah, that uh, her colleagues is possibly not quite until three enough. you could say coworkers and then their family yeah yeah. I mean, so it's like there are people that she has you know affection for and not no, maybe not affection 
in the way that we feel affection. But it's but un, unequivocally, it's affection. Yeah, um, yeah. It and what I love about Mass Effect is that without without any hesitation, they say yes, of course. Once we once you get to a point in a computer where they are artificially intelligent, they are they're as much alive as organic people are. Yep. Yeah. Completely. It's um, the moment when she tells a joke was the moment that I thought, yeah, I'm all right with Edie. I've, I've got time for Edie. <laughs> a robot I wasn't I love sure the, about. I love a robot the addition of jokes, humor into this happy. game. Yeah, very much so. Man, it is. She is really good. And and I, I love that I love that Joker turns because Joker obviously has this like uh, this uh, competitive, almost like a uh, schoolboyish way of, of saying like, oh, I don't like Edie. Get out of here, Edie. Leave me alone. I just want to control the ship. And then he really turned. He he. When she r- basically saves him, he turns on a dime. Like he's like, you know what? I trust Edie implicitly now. Yeah. He starts calling her her. Yeah. And she. Yeah. Yeah. It's really strong. It's really. It's, it's, it's kind of like uh, it, it kind of uh, it's very similarly played, especially on Ranok when you know at first Tally's calling Legion it, and then finally she starts saying he. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's strong. It's really really good. Um. So when you come back, it's like, hey, Shep. Uh, while you we were gone. Up. Uh, the clerks just came and stole the entire crew. Sorry! Whoops! And also, I unlocked the AI. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bye, like, Mom! I leave for for five minutes, Joker, and this happens? Honestly. Um, so now, it is funny. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> yes. um, in my first playthrough, um, I, I, you know, I've, I, uh, I've been a gamer for, for many, many years, so I have this instinct to put things off as long as possible. To yeah. so, because clearly you're like, this is I'm getting to the end game. I want to wander put- around for a bit, make it last. Oh yeah. So I'm like, oh well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put this off until until I've I've completed all these missions, and then when I got there, it, my entire crew is liquefied. <laughs> oh, you lost Chakwas, no. And, and and poor Kelly Chambers. Yeah, Kelly Chambers was the one that really hurt watching her get good because Oh yeah, because right, you actually you actually watched her get like yeah. yeah. And it's right from the start as well, from the very first mission. It's I was flirting the hell out with her <laughs> missions. It's every time I saw her be like, Oh right, Kelly, get your laughing gear on that and it's, yeah. as it, soon as yeah, it's I've formed a bomb with her. Yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, did you would you wait around or did you go right away, uh, Rob? Oh, I chilled out for a bit. I went to the Citadel, bought some nice things, um, had a cola, went <laughs> did some party missions. Uh, and what about you, Tony? Drink. Tony? Uh, well, uh, for me, um, for my for my female one, I just I had everything. I went right through the base, and then on the second one, I um, had one more mission I needed to take. I wanted to take care of, and. Yeah, I lost half. I lost half of the crew. I lost. Uh, it was really sad when you're playing the post game missions and there's only Ken and Gabby's missing. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, Gabby. I loved Gabby and Ken. They were awesome. I, I loved Gabby. Ken's yeah. Scottish accent was rubbish. <laughs> what was that? His Scottish accent is rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> Gabby's fine. I'm Every, fine everybody Gabby. complains about that. <laughs> it is that bad. Yeah, it is awful. Well, yeah. you know. Uh, I I uh, I think it's it's more charming than it is bad. I feel like it's it's 
uh, silly, can't it's help silly enough the guy. that it doesn't bother me. Yeah, yeah. it's sort of Star Trek yeah. Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you just look at him and you're like, you know, he's trying and I laugh. I'll forgive it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, they're such likable characters. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to criticize them too much. Yeah. I wish I was a wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now 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 you're at the end game. Now you're now you've you've launched the suicide mission. Um, that was quick. Yeah. And, <laughs> and now so you you have to start making some decisions, and they're tough. You know, yeah. it's, hey, you know, we need a tech specialist. Who are we going to send? Oh, uh, <laughs> if we're breaking this down step by step, I should mention that Jack's already dead. Oh, no, you didn't upgrade? I didn't upgrade everything. I thought, yeah, that would do. Oh, no. I've given it a new paint job. We're sorted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to hey, go fast drive. It'll be fine. It'll be, you're fine. It's fine, Jack. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we yeah. don't need this extra armor. She was saying, no. Oh, I, I wanted yeah, to see you out, but I was going, no, it's fine. <laughs> ah, those cyclonic shield barriers. Nah, we're fine. Um, were, were you able to at least survive the first uh, run-in through the Omega-4 relay, uh, Tony? Uh, yeah, on my first run, I got through with uh, everybody. Fine. Kept the Garrus romance going. That was good. Second one, I decided to change it up a little bit. Um, Lost Saeed didn't really mattered to me on that one but uh the big one was i made the mistake of sending garrison to the tube oh no yeah i'm like i remember in the first game you know he had um hacking and he had computer specialties so i'm like okay he has some experience with this let's try this out and then he gets another missile to the face right bad news and it was just like and then i'm and then somehow morden died because they recommend sending morden but i thought grunt's a tank he's a damaged sponge i don't want to lose anybody else mm. um and then for like all of three i didn't have grunt or uh jacob or jacob wow garris or morden and i was just like sitting there i'm just constantly every mission just running to the main gun in hopes of just seeing him there yeah <laughs> um so did you throughout you know you're, you're have to, you have to send a tech expert, and you have to have a leader, and you have to eventually, you know, you have a, a biotic, and Miranda actually gives you bad advice um, about the oh, biotic, yeah. because... I'm if, like, no, I'm going to trust the Justicar and Jack. Yeah, um, so if you use Miranda or or, or, or Jacob, uh, you you actually lose people, so she's actually... Or even she, thing, yeah. Yeah, so it's you. You at this point, you can't just listen to the dialogue and go with what they say. You have to, like, you have to use your instinct or alternately read a guide. Um, so, did Rob in, in your playthrough, uh, who total died? Oh God, let me count. Um, I think right. So, we, should we go through this in order? Sure. All right. So first, you choose a leader for the fire team, Garrus. He was fine. He did all right. And then I chose uh, a disloyal thane to go into the vents. Oh no! Yeah, no, that, that didn't end well. No. <laughs> it's um, then what comes next? It's the biotic section. Yes. Uh-huh. So I thought I like Garrus. I don't want to wear him out by making him lead the team for ages. He might be getting tired after the last one. I'm going to give this to Legion because oh, he's no. very logical. Yeah, no. I know. <laughs> So this is Carnage already. I, I chose Samara. That was a good choice. Mm. She, she was Bartek Shield. Uh, but yeah, Legion offed it. And oh, I sent cool. Morden back. He was fine. I thought, right, I'm not losing anyone else. Thane's gone. Morden, go back to the ship. I like you. Yeah. Um, 
What's the next section? Um, it, it, that's what uh, the, the next section is where you have people hold the line and then two people come with yeah. you. Oh yeah, no one died there. That was fine for me. I was happy with that. Um, uh, who who died? Who died for you, Tony? Um, overall, I've only maybe uh, again because of that one playthrough with my main one. Um, I lost. Um, I lost uh, Garrus first because I sent him into the tube, which was stupid. Right. Um, and then it was uh, Zaid because I made him a team leader. I'm thinking, hey, you know, uh, he founded the Blue Suns, and, and then maybe lost he has them. something to do. <laughs> and he was loyal, so it was kind of thought it would work. Uh, and then the other one because um, I decided to uh, send Grunt back. I lost Morden, and then on. Uh, a couple of playthroughs, I lost Tally, which I'm like, I am not losing Tally reset. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then, but I should have just to see because you get Zen in three, and I wanted to see how she reacted. Um, and then uh, a couple of times, uh, I lost Legion, mostly just because it's that random sequence where they show you walking away, and if there's a body, mm. somehow Legion died. I don't know. Yeah. It was even, uh, yeah. One time, though, he wasn't loyal, so. Right. Um, I thought, hey, he wasn't loyal one time. I'll run through the Omega 4 relay with him lo- not loyal again, and that time it didn't work. Um, so How did my- you do, Grant? Well, I, I actually I cheated, um, and I used, oh, a, I, I used a guide. Um, For shame. Well, I have the guide. I didn't use it, though, to pick people. Um, <laughs> well, I, 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 I did it, and I did it properly, except that uh, with me, it, it, when I went to fight the the... the baby human reaper um i took grunt with me and that (laughs) took down my the hold the line uh like you know it's it's basically a numbers game oh really he actually affects that interest oh yeah because all the people basically like there's there's a hierarchy of of what characters um uh will are enough numbers that explains morden yeah um take it out um, so I took Grunt away, and and I left I left some lower um, scoring characters, uh, and I actually ended up losing Tally. Um, e- even though I everyone was loyal, I just didn't have enough numbers. So I was like, well, uh, fuck that, and I reloaded and uh, <laughs> and, and um, redid it and and lost nobody. And I actually redid it again. Um, well, I I just played through again to because I didn't want to lose. Uh, all of my, all the rest of my crew. So I did redid it again and and um, saved saved the crew from liquefaction, saved Tally, and uh, in my main run through now, uh, everybody's alive at the end of Mass Effect Two. Well done. Um, because I am a cheat. Uh, did did you like the uh, end boss, uh, Rob? Yeah, no problem with it whatsoever. It's um, it was a bit tricky, but mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, good times. Yeah, and what about you, Tony? Did you did you like the uh, finding, I, finding a baby it, reaper? Yeah, it was definitely an interesting concept to um, have presented to you, and the fact that this is exactly why um, these are the methods in which a reaper is now born, and yeah. why they're doing this. It was I, it was kind of weird though to fight a giant terminator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But overall, uh, it it definitely was, it did definitely cement just how uh, deadly of an enemy the Reapers truly were in a way, and the fact that they can take a race like the Protheans, who they couldn't turn into a Reaper, one of the few races I don't think they were able to do that to, right. and then convert them to what they needed in order to work on the next cycle. And also, Presumably, oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, Rob. 
I was going to say, presumably with hindsight, because we now know, and spoilers, Mass Effect 3, if you've not played it, if you haven't, why are you listening to this, go out and play it. Yeah, um, exactly. But the Protheans were a composite race. It's, it was, they just took anything that they conquered under their right. banner. So, what, so what, would that explain why they couldn't... When, when, you, when you're looking through Prothean records, what is called a Prothean could be any of the races, yeah, not, it, not yeah. just the, what we consider canonically to well, be yeah, the Prothean. Uh, basically, yeah. from what you saw in terms of Javix people, right. if that yeah. was the true... The, um, the, leader, the leaders of, of the, of the, the last main cycle. group of people that were the Protheans, then yeah. yeah. Do we know that for certain? What do you mean? Do we know necessarily that Jarvik was the original Prothean race? He well, could have been something that was conquered. Said, though, they, they were the leaders. They're the, they're, they're mm. the ones who... who made. Who, yeah, they, he said, we're, we, we conquered them. Right. Oh, fair dues, fair dues, fair dues. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. I was just checking. But yeah, I was wondering if that might be why they wouldn't oh, no, it's an able to make point, Prothean though, Reaper. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Um, so, we, 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 we do... We, I, I mean, certainly, it is interesting to know that all the collectors are, are simply just... Uh, you know, repurposed Protheans. Yeah. Um, it's, there were a lot of sort of revelations yeah. in that game. It's quite an exciting game. Oh, yeah. We also haven't mentioned Harbinger, um, who, because, mainly because he is this, this um, force lurking, but he's not really mentioned a whole lot. Like, you, you, Shepard does, you know, meet him via hologram. And he's very chatty through the collectors. Yes, uh, yeah, taking control. Yeah. Um, it's it is kind of one control. of the bigger letdowns. Yeah, um, but he—he's just, you know, if you—if you're not a huge Mass Effect fan, uh, and you just did one so quick okay. playthrough, you could actually end up at the end being like, I don't really remember Harbinger very much. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, he, he's there's not a lot of Harbinger in in the, in that game. Um, he he is very much you know a side character. It's more like the looming threat of all the Reapers. It's not yeah. this. It's not the same as Mass Effect One, where it's like Sovereign is the Sovereign. bad guy, and you're yeah, worried about Reaper. Sovereign. Yeah. Ever saw Sovereign, I was like, it's the hand of God. Yeah. Um. But now at this point, Shepard is is hip to is hip to the whole Reaper thing. So it's yeah. not. It's not like. Uh, you know, Harbinger. It's his Harbinger himself is less scary, but more scary is the thought of you know millions of hundreds reapers. of them. Thousands. Yeah, yeah. Mm. it is. That's that's pretty pretty freaking scary. Yeah, it's kind of hard to give the middle finger to that. Yeah. Um, so n- now that now that we've hit two hours, um, let, let's <laughs> real quick. Let's just go through the DLC and then we'll wrap this up. Um, Zahid and Kasumi. Uh, Rob, what do you, what do you think about about the the two DLC characters? Um, well, I think Zaid is um, is sort of one of the less interesting characters of the ensemble, but he he feels yeah. part. He's a mercenary. He fills the gap, and he's very helpful in the end mission. Now, what he do you has, think about his accent? Oh, I think <laughs> is it is he South African? I couldn't tell. Uh, I, 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 I think maybe I think he's Australian. He might be. Well, Miranda's heard- father is a South African accent. Yeah, yeah, and Donovan Hooks, South African, which well, uh, yeah. maybe I mean, like that's that, if you want to talk about bad accents. Sorry, d- d- his Hawks accent is really bad. It's Donovan Hooks. That was pretty bad. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, 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 I kind of like Zahid. Uh, I, he, he is, you know, I, I love that he is this giant curmudgeon. It's like, yeah. Uh, um, Fourteen men and I, we went and you stormed the forces. Goddamn Batarians, <laughs> I, I was the only one who made it out alive. 
I felt I the that's... ship had too many badasses already. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like uh, uh, Kasumi a lot more. I, I just kind of love those little smart-ass characters like Kasumi. Yeah. yeah. Kasumi's got a lot more depth, I think. Zaid is just, just what you see though. is what you get, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but, but would you agree that they're both... You know, Zahid is free with a with a new copy of the game. Kasumi is yeah. is uh, paid DLC at least for the yeah. Xbox. It's it's free on with the with the PlayStation Three version. But yeah, you lucky bastards. Um, but uh, do you think both of them are worth having? Right. Yeah, definitely. Yes, I loved. I do. I do. Um, I, I, I enjoy having them. I do, especially with Kasumi. I do wish that there was dialogue that you can have yeah. with her. It would have been nice. That's everybody's big complaint with those two. But mm. but other than that, uh, I think she's a good character, and I think that Kasumi's uh, story in Mass Effect 3 is pretty interesting. Yeah, well, it's, I was also going to oh, say yeah. just on Mass Effect 2, um, she's got the best loyalty mission of the game, possibly. It's pretty good. It's pretty freaking yeah. good. It's up there, it's up there. Um, now, the, the next up is Lair of the Shadow Broker, which I think we can all agree is some of the best DLC we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's gonna take a lot. It to was, it was really interesting. I think one of the things that really cemented that for me in there was, especially because my femship, uh, her first romance option was Liara, mm-hmm. is the reaction that she'll have. Um, like when I romanced Thane, she like one of the parts that really separated from her from one and two was when I sep- like romanced Thane or Garrus, where you know she mentions him calibrating more than the main gun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But then there's also when she mentions Thane, you know, as a romance, and she goes, so you're just going to spend the last few months with him as the replacement for a dying man's wife? Yeah. Mm. I was just like, uh... Wow. Wow. Yeah, Liara. Mm. Whoo, she really grows uh, in her Oh, yeah, she she grew insane in just those little conversations, and the changes in character were just immense. Yeah, well, it was almost, I think too jarring in the vanilla game it's sort of she was this very wet behind the ears sorry i don't have ears but wet behind the gills, <laughs> gills. wet behind yeah. the fringe yeah wet behind the frame um sort of paleontologist <laughs> and then all of a sudden she's this um this information broker on ilium and it's a very jarring change and i think lair of the shadow broker softens that and it kind of tells you what was going on in between and yeah. kind of tells you how she got from archaeology yeah, yeah, yeah especially to if you hadn't read the comic yeah which um, i haven't with- her hunting for Shepard, and then you kind of see just how much the Shadow Broker really has their hand, uh, his hands, and everything. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it, it, it's a it's a it's kind of a a uh, interesting uh, mystery uh, uh, sequence where you know, hey, where did Liara go? Now we have to go find her. Um, yeah. And and then you end up having to really uh, deal with this Asari Vanguard. Um, yeah. Which oh, is, that was cool. It's a really, oh yeah, she was a pain. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, and, oh yeah. And you also, I, I, oh man, I love, I love just exploring that that section. Uh, it's it, it's of of Ilium. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, the car uh, chase is great. Yeah, Vanya playing on the big screen. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's in Azure. Yes, it's really <laughs> it's near the bottom. Yes, and I'm the uh, sorry body. <laughs> uh, I did too. I, I, I love that. And then now, what, Rob? What about the car chase? Did you did you not like that? Did were, I know some people feel strongly about it. 
Um, I feel strongly that I loved it. Um, I, I was rubbish at it, but I loved it. And I liked the change of pace. I liked being able to finally get into control of one of the little sky cabs. It's, it handles like a taxi. It's a lovely moment. It's, I think all through Lair of the Shadow Broker, every moment is 100% as good as it could be, I would yeah. say. Yeah, it's pretty great. Now, what do you think, Tony, about, about the, the driving? It, 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 it really, with the, with like the whole thing with the, the car scene, it, it really cements, um, that Shepard is as bad a driver as Shepard is a dancer. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, a lot of people don't like it. We, we talked on our first episode. Uh, we talked with Jordan. She really, really doesn't like it. Uh, I, I was fine, and I, I think I maybe I, it's just too many hours of Mario Kart, but I didn't have a problem with it. <laughs> Um, I, I didn't have a problem driving it. I didn't die. Um, but it's probably just because, it, like, my specific set of skills. Mind you, I've died many, many, many times in Mass Effect. So it's not yeah. like, it's not like, oh, I'm, I'm the best I tend to die player. on easier difficulties because I'm not trying to stay alive. Yeah. You're, How many galaxies have you doomed? <laughs> Tons. <laughs> lots, lots, lots of galaxies. In um, the multiverse, that's... Yeah. Um, it's, uh, was it in the multiplayer? My friends and I have a drinking game on like higher than bronze difficulty. It's take a shot every time Tony gets knocked out. Yo, man, you are tanked by the fourth round. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now we get to the port part where we're actually taking on the shadow broker. We have to infiltrate his ship, uh, get through it, and 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 unlock the door. Um, I I love I love the sequence. I love the the squad banter. It, it's great. oh yeah uh, I love I, I I think that the more squad banter the better because it, it adds to the characters it adds to the depth and then yeah. we finally get to the to the shadow broker and it's a yog which we have never really seen before always oh, good though yeah what you you, you like the the yog shadow broker Rob beautiful brilliant character design again a different fight they they really mixed up the formula a bit it's great character great design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really shows that they're willing to take a step outside the standard norms of sci-fi where too many people look um, human or they look too far alien. They they really took their time to create kind of just this menacing figure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, like, it's like the the fear is not only – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Founded in not only the reputation but also in what you see in front of you. Yeah, he's terrifying. Yeah, it is. and not to and you know, I mean, his voice actor again, Steve Bloom, just brings that to to life. Although every is it time Steve Bloom again, yes, it it is actually, and the, the he's also uh, Ogren and Dragon Age. So every time Grunt laughs, I can't help but think ass chabs. <laughs> oh, fantastic! It's a tiny detail that I really like on the Shadowbroker DLC. And yeah. This is a tiny thing, but I like little details. Is um, yeah. when he addresses the other companion you brought with you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like. Um, Oh, definitely when he, like, brings up the Turian or Grunt or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And delight that he said, for most of them, he says, oh, it's very fortunate that you brought me the Cerberus lady. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's like, he's like either for, way, I win. Yeah. And, but for Tali, he says, it's a shame that you brought the quarry in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, he does not like Tali. But it's the sheer number of them. It's, I brought Kasumi on mine. Uh-huh. And, um... Said it's interesting you brought me Miss Miss Goto Shepherd. She'll be late for her party, and just like, oh, I've, I haven't done the loyalty mission. That is correct. Congratulations. Nice. 
That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's kind of one of the things I liked is because, especially when you can go out of your way in the earlier missions, yeah. and if you don't get a certain character by, uh, like, when you should before Horizon, like, you just yeah. do side missions and you don't have those characters, you can st- it'll still adjust the gameplay accordingly. Yeah, it's and he knows not only, he doesn't just respond to the character, he responds to what stage of the life the character's at, yeah. which Absolutely. was very cool. Yeah, great, great, great. Uh, and then you end up, hey, Liara... She's the freaking, she's the, now the Shadow Broker. It's great. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. Not, now, I get another shit model. Now one of your best friends in the whole galaxy, it has basically all the information that you could ever want. Uh, it's great yeah. for Shepard. It, it's, a, it's a great way of, uh, of moving the story forward. And mm-hmm. it, it really pays off in Mass Effect 3. And the dossiers. Yes. Oof, like, like you can read. Um, I was kind of disturbed by Tally buying the Nerf Stim Pro. Yeah, it is. It's a big. It's a big deal. Uh, I, I really think that Shadow Broker was is the high watermark of DLC. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, available, definitely did uh, bring about. Go ahead. Arrival. Yeah. Oh no, I was just saying like they they the the really great part about it was like uh, when they talk about Athea on Ilium and then you know they show her looking at the picture of Liara and it's like. This is going to play out interesting. Yeah. Um, also, we have we we have Overlord and we have Arrival, which are the other story based DLC. I you know the 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 gun packs and the uh, the appearance packs. They're they're fine. Whatever. If you want them, mm-hmm. go ahead and buy them. But they're nothing to write it's home the about. Story. Right. Um, Overlord. Uh, you you get to see a, basically a crazy scientist uh, who who basically. Uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, sacrificed his autistic brother's mind um, yeah. to research the Geth. And I love how it, like, look, Overlord itself is not exactly a, it's not a great mission, but the payoff in Mass Effect 3, when you get to see those characters again, it's huge. Yeah, you can you can convince him to commit suicide, the older brother. Right, and then you see David. I, I did that once, and I'm like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, you hear you hear the gunshot off off screen. Um, you, you, you it, go ahead. I think it did a really good job of showing just how far some people are actually willing to go because you kind of get the sense of it with the elusive man, but to actually see what he was willing to talk people into doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the that big, that the big really problem showed that many lot. people have is the extremely loud screeches. That uh, David has as he's you know in the as he's attached to the computer. Oh yeah, because you don't really get it, and it's just like, what is this? Is this? And then you kind of start hearing more of it. It's like, let me go or something like that. It was just like, oh god, there's a human being in here. They just need to take that down about twenty decibels. Rob, did did you did you like Overlord or was it you know something you could just pass over? Yes, I've not played it yet. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, don't worry, I haven't things in my ears, so no spoilers. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, uh, Arrival, uh, which is the, which is the, suppose, it was supposed to kind of lead into Mass Effect 3, but it ended up not really, um, you know, uh, Shepard. First is, time it, you got to see Hackett, though, that was interesting. Yeah, we, we, you, you get to see Hackett, and that's nice. Um, I, the unfortunate part is that, uh, I, I, when I played Mass Effect 2, and I went through it, all the DLC was out, um. And I had I had it all installed, and I was just going through missions, and I ended up playing Arrival in the middle of the game, 
And oh no. Yeah, it just didn't make much sense because you're you're focused on the collectors and it's like, oh god, the Reapers are coming in two days. Um, yeah. It's it's it, it feels way out of place. Uh, I yeah, wish that, I, I wish that you could. Only I bought play the game it. and the DLC because they came out. Yeah. Um, so that that it made yeah it made much more sense to me in chronological because I played each one as it came out. Yeah. So it definitely made much more sense on that. Yeah, um, and then also, you know, it, it, it's interesting, but I I really don't care for Arrival all all that much. Um, I'm yeah. never there. I'll tell you what the 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 object row uh, uh, achievement. I am never going to get that because I just yeah. don't care. <laughs> Turn the difficulty down. Yeah, I could absolutely, but I poof. It's so boring, <laughs> and you end up having to basically sacrifice. A colony of three hundred thousand Batarians, um, and it, it it sucks that you have to do that. Even though Batarians aren't exactly the nicest species, it, you're it both it's basically supposed to lead up into Mass Effect three, where Shepard is is grounded. Except that the whole Shepard, they're gonna have your head for this. Um, that's thrown out the window immediately. Like you know. Two and a half minutes into Mass Effect Three, they, it, that's, yeah. just, that's gone. It's thrown away. Yeah, it's the Reapers are there, and it's kind of like I, I I hadn't even read the uh, the full almost the full of the Invasion comic. So like when I saw James, I'm like, what's with the meathead? Yeah. <laughs> how does he know? How do I know him? Would have helped if I'd read that. Give me a little more depth. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really I really don't care. So um. I I, I I really don't care about James Vega at all. Oh right, okay, okay. I know Sorry. a lot of I know a lot of soldiers like James, so he actually kind of grew on me because I know people exactly like him, and I can right. appreciate a character like that. Yeah, I, I oof, plus man. him and Cortez, their their bromance stuff, their their banter is just great. Yeah, that's handled pretty well. I I will give them that. Um, so now that we're now we're, we've we've run a, a full two hours and fifteen minutes, let, let let's wrap this up uh, with. Let's go out on a high note. All right. Uh, what What is your favorite part of, of Mass Effect Two? I like. Oh God! I like to. Um, uh, <laughs> I was about to phrase that very strangely. I like the bit where you can. Call, uh, right. Should we do this bit again? Sure. All right. Yeah. Ask the question. Okay. So, Rob, if you had to pick one part of of Mass Effect Two as your favorite, what would it be? It would be the moment that. The character select screen comes up in the suicide mission, and I realize that if I don't pick correctly, I am going to send one of these crew members to their death. Nice. Very, very nice. Tony, if you had to pick a, a, a part or a moment in Mass Effect 2, what would be your favorite? Um, mine's going to be a little bit uh, not as serious, um, because the, the moment, the day after the game came out, my great, uh, my great grandmother died. Oh, dear. <laughs> and so I was just lost in a stupor of the game in a haze for five days and i couldn't really enjoy it oh. and i was playing my female shepherd running through run through and i was romancing garris and it was the um you know me shepherd i'm one to savor the last shot before popping the heat sink <laughs> and um it was just like five days of numbness just exploded out of me in laughter yeah mm. Uh, and uh, it was really a cemented scene. Um, then there's another one where it's on Ilium, and you listen to that Solarian and his stepdaughter. Oh, man. Yeah, right near Ereba and Char, where he's just talking about, he's like, look, I just want your mother to remember me. That's, that's, it's, it, whew. Yeah. Woo! Uh, yeah, man, that's, it's real good. It's really, really, really good. Um, 
I would have to say that probably the most memorable moment to me uh, in Mass Effect 2 would have to be the part where Morton is singing Gilbert and Sullivan. Good yes. choice, good choice. He, he he pulls it off, Michael B. He, he just does such a great job. Uh, it, it, he does. You, you, sell, you buy it, and it's just like, this is the best thing. Because not only do you have this super serious Solarian, which also is, is very alliterative. Um, um, yeah, he, he, that's alliterative the next verse, isn't it? Uh, yeah, he, he is extremely funny. He's, he's serious uh, in that he, you know, he takes his, his scientific uh, studies and his, his work as a doctor very seriously, but he is very funny. Let's tell people where they can find you. Rob, uh, what is your Twitter handle? Uh, Rob D. Webster. Quite simple. And Tony, what is your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is uh, Mizutani Tony. That's uh, M-I-Z-U-T-A-N-I. And then Tony, T-O-N-Y. So I'd yeah. like to thank you both for coming on, talking about Mass Effect 2, all the things that you loved, some things that frustrated you. And I, I, I really, really encourage you guys to, to go out, play Mass Effect 2 again. It's worth it. Go play the DLC again. It's worth yeah. it. It's I'll download Overlord. Yes, go go download Overlord. It, it's quite good. But please, be <laughs> warned. Uh, turn your speakers down. Thank you guys very much. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. I'm Grant Bruner, and this is Quadcast. Got a new heart. Got a new heart. Got a new heart. Got a new artificial heart. It's not a real heart. It's not a real heart. It's not a real heart. It is a real artificial heart. There's blood on the bed, but here in my head, I'm feeling fine. It's easy to sleep when I'm not buzzing all the time. So funny the way I was before. Once I was blind, but now I see. Once I was him, but now he's me.